SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. After on Sports Grid, it's Sirius XM Channel 204. I'm your host, Ariel Epstein, and we're going through the next three hours here on the grid. It is a Thursday night football night. We've got two football games on the slate. Preseason, I know. You still get excited because you know that for the next month, we're just going to keep saying, hey, we still have football, we still have football, and we're getting closer and closer to college football starting at the end of the month. We're going to continue to give you the edge here on the grid all over the futures market and those week one lines for both college football in week zero in addition to the nfl week one lines but we've got preseason previews major league baseball mm. the field of dreams is going on tonight it's only been two years delayed but you know what here we are finally getting this dream and kevin costner all living through it uh, mlb posted a video it was so cool and everything looks great for tonight's game i'm gonna have a bet i have to do it however it's mm. hard to bet preseason it's hard to bet a field oh. you've never seen major leaguers play on but i have a great co-host to help me do it all ben stevens joining me now ben good morning to you happy thursday ariel is this heaven no it's iowa and it's the morning after on a thursday on sports grid i am so excited for all the sports that we have today. Two NFL preseason games, officially week one, week one of the NFL preseason is getting underway. I'm excited to cap some preseason football. We will have one of the best and brightest later on in the show to help us do that with FanDuel's Ryan Williams, but I'm feeling pretty good. I've dove back through the history books to try to gain a little sense of an edge here for preseason week number one. And then of course, the Field of Dreams game in Iowa as well. It is going to be a lot of fun to see. The jerseys look incredible. An ode to shoeless Joe Jackson. I think we can find some edges there as well. Maybe, just maybe. Bets all around the universe, including maybe even some summer league basketball that I was sweating out last night. But it is a very exciting Thursday. We have a great guest list on this show. I am pumped up. I am fired up. This is going to be a great day here on the morning after. We're also going to be joined, and it's going to be our last guest of the day in the third hour, but the former NFL running back Clinton Portis is going to join the show. Ooh. No more fitting way to start off the preseason week one than with a, with a former NFL player. And later this hour, we're going to have Sports Grid's Craig Mish on, too, because baseball has been so annoying if you're an underdog better. Favorites have been hitting at an unbelievable clip in baseball in the last eight days. 12-2 and two straight up last night. It's now about 76% of the favorites have been prevailing in the last eight days in the MLB. When it comes to finding value, it's really hard to do on these money lines, Ben, because it's not as if these favorites are even just winning by a run. They're covering on the run lines as well. Heavy favorites prevailing. It's just so annoying. If you like to go find value and you're not willing to go into the props market to do so it's really annoying to go and bet any of these money lines right now i mean the best baseball handicappers will tell you often that when they're looking at a major league baseball card when they are starting to do their research and their capping for any given day if you see a price that stands out to you a plus money price for instance 
that could be an area to start. But right now, that might be an area you have to look away from because favorites are covering and winning at such a high clip that it kind of throws off everything you would do in a normal stance of handicapping. And you could go look and try to find some value in a team total. But we have been targeting the last couple days here some favorites heading into games that are not covering their team totals with the best offenses in all of Major League Baseball. As we welcome in our Sports Grid radio audience here the morning after on a Thursday just getting underway. I am Ben Stevens. She is Ariel Epstein. You are listening on Sirius XM Channel 204, the Mightier 1090 out on the West Coast as well. And Ariel, favorites are so strong right now in Major League Baseball. We've been talking about that Field of Dreams game, which is going to be the highlight of this Major League Baseball card today. Well, the favorite is a very heavy favorite in the Chicago White Sox over the New York Yankees. The White Sox with the AL Cy Young favorite on the bump today in Lance Lynn, a minus 176 favorite right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook. So you might feel good about the White Sox winning today, but are you going to lay minus 176 straight up on a money line in a game you don't know exactly how it's going to go because they're playing at this new stadium? That's the interesting part about trying to handicap Major League Baseball at the moment. Then there are the people that continue to just parlay these favorites together. Well, then there are the people that tell me, oh, I was parlaying, and of course the two losses that uh, the favorites did not prevail in last night, well, I had them in the parlay, or at least one leg of the parlay. And that's why parlays are crazy, because when you parlay these games, it is so difficult to be able to hit every single one of these games. For the favorites, even though they're 12-2 straight up, if you have one of those losses, you are out of your parlay, and that's why, yeah. No thank you to those. Heavy juice is not something that people like to be betting, but the FanDuel Sportsbook gives you so many options. You could go bet team total overs. You could go and bet for a game to be decided by two runs or less. There's so many options that you could go and find an edge, even if you feel the team's going to win. Now, I haven't been the luckiest in the last couple of days. These team totals have been hurting me. And Ben, we're going to talk about it more when we talk about Major League Baseball, but even if you get it wrong in the first game, what I've what I really don't do so well is I don't go back to that same bet if I lost on it in game one. I end up just fading that that bet for the rest of the way, and it's wrong because realistically, if I get the handicap right but it doesn't hit game one, I've realized sometimes it ends up hitting in games two and three, and these trends are just, you have to keep them in mind. Hey, even though it loses once, you can still go back to that same trend the next day. Yeah, when you're looking at team totals and you're looking at trends and over and under percentages in various ballparks, if you have it happen not once, but you're looking for it maybe to happen again, remember, we're talking about numbers around 58, 60, 62 percent. So that means they are going to lose at times, but a majority of the time they win. And those are things to follow in the trends. The dogs are barking in my house. Maybe they'll start barking in Major League Baseball. They usually are barking in the NFL. We've got some more training camp updates coming up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We're back on the morning after on Sports Grid, Sirius XM Channel 204 with Ben Stevens. I'm Ariel Epstein. I do like to keep my co-host on his toes. And I just saw that ESPN's Adam Schefter tweeted out, 
that Cam Newton and Mac Jones are expected to play tonight in the Patriots preseason game against the Washington football team. We're going to start to get some of this quote-unquote breaking news for the next few weeks, especially when it comes to preseason games. This is important, though, Ben, for any handicapper to note that both these quarterbacks are going to play or at least expected to play when handicapping, especially the first half. Especially when you're talking about the head coach in New England in Bill Belichick, who notoriously keeps everything very, very, very close to the chest and hadn't really revealed his quarterback plan for this week one preseason opener tonight against WFT. There was an expectation that Cam would go out there maybe for a series or two or three, but the majority of the game would be Mac Jones under center. And I think that's what we will see tonight. Some action from Cam Newton, probably trying to make a splash early on because this still seems although there hasn't truly been an indication out of Pat's training camp at the moment that this could be an open quarterback competition. Maybe not for week one or two, but for how the year progresses. And Cam obviously wants to be that starter in New England, as does Mac Jones. So I think this will be an important week one preseason game to get a true glimpse of how these guys are performing, especially Mac Jones, as he takes that step to the NFL level against a very good Washington defense. So it will be a very fun and exciting preseason game and has factored into my handicap of it for what side I like. That comes later on when we do our NFL preseason handicapping, which might be my new avenue area. We'll see how tonight goes. I love it. I said to Ben yesterday when we were figuring out what to put in the show, we couldn't figure out what to put in for one segment. And I said, oh, my gosh, we're going to handicap the preseason. Duh. You just forget about it. Now, Bill Belichick, this is his first time as a head coach in preseason training camp without his quarterback, Tom Brady. Remember last year, no preseason games. So two years ago, Brady was still on the Patriots. It's a difference because now he does have to figure out what's going on with his quarterback situation. The news from yesterday regarding quarterbacks was that the Dallas Cowboys tweeted this hilarious tweet out. However, it's not that funny because Zach Prescott and that shoulder strain is not a joke. Yet the Cowboys tweeted out, it's not a setback and it's not a reason to panic or to worry, but quarterback Dak Prescott is getting another MRI on his shoulder. Ben, what is your level of concern for Prescott and his potential ability to start week one? Okay, so let's start with Dak Prescott himself and the concern over the MRI. I don't have much of it. Dak is back at practice, and he is looking to increase his workload. We saw in Hard Knocks, the first episode of the season, on Tuesday night, that Dak was upset he wasn't able to be out there and contributing more. But reports from Oxnard from Cowboys training camp is that they are upping Dak's usage. The MRI that he will have upon the Cowboys' return to Dallas to end out their training camp is precautionary to see if they can amp up that workload even more. That being said, my level of concern over that tweet is very high. That was so weird. Why even tweet that? Why phrase it like that? You're just going to let speculation run amok. Why not just let Dak have it or have some report that says the Cowboys are having another precautionary MRI on Dak Prescott's right throwing shoulder? Super weird, the tweet. I didn't like that from the social media team of the Dallas Cowboys. My overall concern on Dak, though, Ariel, not so high. And Dak Prescott did say that he didn't want this injury to be nagging. Here's how he uh, addressed the media yesterday. I think that's definitely true. Um, And I think that's because the people that know me, the people know the competitor I am. Um, And I'm going to do whatever it takes to make sure I'm out there. Um, But as I said, this is something that we want to nip in the butt and not let continue to to the linger. And I think the best way we do that, the best way we do that is stay on the pace that I am and progress through it the right way. And once... uh, September 9th comes, I'll play that game and then move forward without ever thinking about this again. 
Dak saying he's going to play week one. The Cowboys do have their second slash first preseason game. They got destroyed by the Steelers in the Hall of Fame game last week. Dallas plus one and a half at the Arizona Cardinals. The total is 39 and a half. Probably not seeing Dak tomorrow, but maybe we do see him show up to the game. He didn't even fly out there for the Hall of Fame game, Ben. Right, and Dak did say on top of what he just mentioned in that soundbite right there that if this was a game week, there was no doubt he would be playing that upcoming Sunday for an NFL regular season game. They will be cautious. He will not play in that week one preseason opener slash second preseason game for the Cowboys against the Cardinals. Also notice that total, 39 and a half, down by the hook from where it opened at 40. We'll discuss that later in the week as well. But I think Dak will be just fine. This is, again, to see if they can up that usage in Ariel. Dak Prescott, as you have noticed, is the by far favorite to win comeback player of the year on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Far and away the favorite right now at plus 200 for Dak Prescott. But there are some really big names on this board as you look at it. Saquon Barkley coming back. Christian McCaffrey coming back. Joe Burrow coming back for his second year after the ACL tear that ended his rookie campaign. Those guys are all 7-1, to one, tied for the second Jameis odds. But again, 15-1? Winston? Jameis Winston could be a comeback player of the year. He was, yeah, why, because sure. of the eye surgery? Because uh, of no, the LASIK surgery that he had? He, he hasn't been a starter. Oh, okay. I thought it was more like injury. All right. I, I don't really think that's going to be much of a comeback player. Oh, of the yeah. Year what a comeback. I would take. He came back from being blind. That's great. Yeah. He came back from having terrible vision. Now it's 2020 or came back from sitting on the bench. I didn't know that was incorporated in this award. But as you know, Dak Prescott. Far and away the favorite on the FanDuel Sportsbook. So the fact that he might be able to play week number one is a very good sign, not only for the Cowboys, but if you back Dak Prescott in that comeback player of the year award market. That's true. But now we have to switch over to where Ben tried to convince me to not back off the Ravens bandwagon because Rashad Bateman, the wide receiver out of Minnesota, Big Ten Ben told me that I'm going to absolutely love this receiver. I'm going to be so happy that he's on my team, except it's hard to be happy about a player on your team if he can't take a snap. Bateman is still considered out a number of weeks, not months, a couple of weeks, or a few weeks, excuse me, the head coach of the Ravens, John Harbaugh, saying that the first-round pick will miss some time because of a groin injury that he suffered in practice a few days ago. Ben, when it comes to the futures market, there's nothing on Bateman posted that I've seen. haven't seen anything about Offensive Rookie of the Year, haven't seen any receiving yards props. He's off the board, and not only am I concerned because of the groin injury, I'm concerned because he is a rookie. He needs those reps with his with his offense. Without being able to put the playbook into action, his delay could be longer just because he has to learn the playbook better. This bums me out so, so much because, like you mentioned, I love Rashad Bateman. Coming out of Minnesota, he highlighted the Big Ten year after year, the Big Ten wide receiver of the year for the 2019 season. And I was saying to Ariel, my co-host, don't worry about Julio Jones wherever he gets treated. You will remain a Ravens fan because Rashad Bateman, the 27th pick overall, was an absolute steal at the end of the first round. He will be the best wide receiver in that entire class. I'm just kidding. Jamar Chase is really good. Devontae Smith, really good. But I think Rashad Bateman is up there in terms of skills. So to have him now out, he was going to be an integral cog in that receiving group. And the passing offense for the Ravens, that Ariel, close your ears, ranked bottom last, just dead last in the NFL last year, 32nd out of 32nd. And they need Rashad Bateman to be that threat for Lamar Jackson on the outside, a guy that can be that true outside receiver and really extend a defense. Nothing on Rashad Bateman, like you mentioned. 
His receiving yards prop locked as of two days ago, now completely off the FanDuel Sportsbook. But Lamar Jackson's passing yards prop at 3,400 and a half, Rashad Bateman would certainly be a factor into that. So a little bit weary of that number at the moment because Rashad Bateman is a huge component, although just a rookie, of what this Ravens passing attack will look like for this upcoming season in 2021. Didn't affect the Ravens in the futures market so much. Still the favorite to win the AFC North at plus 115. Still the third shortest odds to win the AFC at plus 650. Their team win total 11 stays the same. Obviously, Rashad Bateman and a wide receiver are not going to have a tremendous impact on that. But this news, Ariel, bums me out to start off training camp. There hasn't been much movement in the Ravens market. Other teams have moved. The Bills have had the line move in their favor in the futures market. The Chiefs have had the line move in favor of them in the futures market. The Ravens have pretty much stayed put at the same odds for the last few months. And what that tells me is that a lot of betters just don't have an idea of what this team's going to look like. It's hard to have an idea when you have your rookie wide receiver first round pick out with a groin injury and Sammy Watkins is your veteran presence, yet can he stay healthy? Coming up next, Major League Baseball from a gambling perspective. So many crazy things happened in baseball. We'll talk about it next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Morning after on Sports Grid, Sirius XM Channel 204 with Ben Stevens. I'm Ariel Epstein. In case you missed the top of the show, Major League Baseball favorites hit at 12 and 2 straight up yesterday. Favorites have been hitting around 76% over the last eight days. A favorite that prevailed last night, the Milwaukee Brewers. They beat the Cubs 10 nothing, cash minus 270 on the money line, and the total goes over of eight and a half despite the Cubs not scoring one run. The big story of this game, though, was the starting pitcher for the Brewers and Corbin Burns, who at one point was leading the way in the National League Cy Young race. He has the second best odds currently on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Yesterday, Burns had 10 straight strikeouts. He ends up joining Aaron Nola from back on June, 26th, uh, June 25th of this season and Tom Seaver of 1970 as the only pitchers in Major League Baseball history to strike out 10 consecutive batters within one game. Burns ended up with a career-high 15 strikeouts in eight innings, and the Cubs have the highest strikeout rate in baseball, striking out at just over 26%. Ben, watching Corbin Burns last night, yeah, that K-prop hit. <laughs> Corbin Burns dialed in, going over the K-prop of 8.5. A, a great cap by you to mention it on the morning after yesterday. Now the Cubs back to the highest K rate in all of Major League Baseball against right-handed pitching at 27%. But Corbin Burns keeps filling up the record books when it comes to strikeouts this year. Now tying Tom Seaver and Aaron Nola, who did it earlier this year with 10 straight strikeouts in a single game. He also broke a Major League Baseball record earlier this year with 58 consecutive strikeouts without offering up a walk to start out a season that a major league baseball record so corbin burns has been a strikeout guy all year it kind of dipped after the all-star break a little bit right around that all-star game break but obviously 15 big ones yesterday against the cubs 
inside Wrigley Field. We also need to talk about the Milwaukee Brewers a little bit because I feel like they're a team we don't mention as much and maybe because they've just been dominating the National League Central. They have an eight-game lead in that division. They are minus 1150 to win the NL Central right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook, the second longest odds to win a division outside of the Chicago White Sox who are minus 20,000 to win the AL Central. But they are also plus 460 are the Milwaukee Brewers to win the National League pennant, the third shortest odds in the league overall. And when you have guys like Corbin Burns or Brandon Woodruff, who's going today, or Freddie Peralta, who has been an incredible surprise, matched with the back end of that bullpen, the Brewers pitching staff might be enough overall to get them in contention for that National League pennant race because they are really, really good to when it comes to their arms on the mound, Ariel. Another game that stood out yesterday. The Boston Red Sox put up 20 on the Tampa Bay Rays. 20 to 8 is what the final score was. The Red Sox ended up scoring 14 runs in the first five innings. This total was at 9.5. The Red Sox cash in at minus 120 on the money line, but who really cares about who won this game? Just to have a final score of 20 to 8. Oh, and by the way, the Tampa Bay Rays still scored seven runs in the ninth inning. The Rays have scored the most runs in the ninth inning of any team in Major League Baseball. Obviously, just not enough, considering the Red Sox were already up by 20 runs at that point. I mean, the the race scored in the sixth inning, but it was 10 to nothing after five innings, Ben. Ariel, did this game go over? I think. I think it did. Okay, yeah, I mean, 28. Um, Yeah, I guess probably, unless it was, uh, as long as it wasn't like 28 and a half, I think we probably went over for this game. And the Red Sox needed this game. No, I mean, that's no, but we go under for NFL preseason totals. However, that being said, the Red Sox needed this game. They have lost 10 of their last 12 entering yesterday. A two-game lead for that second and final AL wildcard spot. The Yankees and the Blue Jays hot on their heels right now. The Red Sox need to stop this slide down the standings and keep putting up 20 runs in a game. I think they'll do just that. Yeah, if you keep putting up. But the best was actually watching all of Red Sox Twitter yesterday going crazy because they know that they give up the second most runs in the second inning of or excuse me they scored the second least runs in the ninth inning and the Tampa Bay Rays scored the most a lot of Red Sox fans were saying please please don't give up this 10 plus run lead that we have currently coming up next we're going to welcome in our MSG audience we're going to talk Mets Yankees more baseball to get to it's Sirius XM channel 204 we'll be back in 15 seconds Welcome to our MSG audience here in the first hour of the morning after on Sports Grid. You're also listening on Sirius XM Channel 204 in the Mighty 1090 on the West Coast. With Ben Stevens, I'm Ariel Epstein. You can also make sure to follow us all over social media. We are on your Twitter page in two different locations. Check us out at Sports Grid and at Sports Grid TV. You want to get the edge, we give you 24-7 analysis all the time, especially there on Twitter at SportsGrid and at SportsGrid TV. Now, in New York baseball yesterday, the New York Mets were supposed to play two games. Unfortunately, the Mets couldn't get that second game in because of more rain. Yesterday, the Mets, if you were looking at the FanDuel Sportsbook, 
you saw that this Mets Nationals game was posted as a live option for about 24 hours. And that's because in the second inning two nights ago, the Mets Nationals game got suspended. It was the Nationals up 2-1 to one at the top of the second inning. Now, you were able to live bet that because your bet is still live for 24 hours. That's the rule on FanDuel. It's a 24-hour bet. So if the game gets suspended, then as long as it's played within a 24-hour window, you're still allowed. Your bet is still live, and you could still live bet it. Yesterday, the Mets ended up pulling out that win, 8-7 over the Nationals, cashing in at minus 220 on the money line. Then it was still a close game despite the Mets being such heavy favorites. But the offense coming through in a big way. We just mentioned how the Red Sox needed that game yesterday against the Tampa Bay Rays. Well, the Mets needed that game yesterday, the suspended game against the Washington Nationals, because entering that suspended game yesterday, the Mets had lost seven of their last nine, and they are still trying to stay in contention for that top spot in the National League East. With a win yesterday, they did just that. They are just one game back of the Phillies and the Braves who hold a share of that top spot now in the NL East. The Mets with the third shortest odds currently on the FanDuel Sportsbook at plus 290. The Mets needed that win yesterday. The offense rallying back in the seventh and eighth innings, scoring three runs in those two innings combined to take the lead and eventually get the win. Ariel, the Mets needed that in a suspended game that will lead to more doubleheaders today. The Mets also needed their all-star Pete Alonso to break out of his slump. Alonso was 0 for his last 21 at-bats. Ends up with three hits, including an RBI single, which was a tiebreaker. And his manager, Luis Rojas, spoke out after the game, saying that he addressed his offense's true potential. I think it shows who, who we are as an offensive team. Uh, and, and I know we haven't, we haven't shown up to be like this offensively, but these guys have hit like this. Uh, in, in their careers and just it's just good to see some of the good swings that these guys are putting there repeatedly whether it's a swing and miss whether it's a foul ball whether it's a ball that's hard hard hit in play uh, we saw a lot of that I like the conviction behind the swings that we took out there today it was good to see that repeatedly um, it shows the hard work that these guys have been putting just to get into this you know and connect just quality of bats and hard contacts one after the other these guys can do that it was a rare situation that this score was 8-7 yesterday, considering the Mets have the most home unders in Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. Doubleheader today, Ben. How much could you see the, bet- the Mets' bats continue to heat up against the Nationals? Well, Luis Rojas, the skipper for the Mets, is right. The 10th worst offense in all of Major League Baseball all year long for the Mets, the 7th worst over the past two weeks. And we're talking about a lineup that should have Pete Alonso and Michael Conforto and Francisco Lindor and Brandon Nimmo and Jeff McNeil, bats that they expect to be very productive. That has not been the case this year. It's why the Mets never ran away with the National League East. It's why they currently find themselves one game back. But you talk about that doubleheader again today. It will be the 12th Mets doubleheader of this season. We are talking about a drastic difference because doubleheaders this year are only seven innings between that and full game. So now the 12th doubleheader for the New York Mets this year. They also will play two more over the span of the next two weeks. If you think about just up to this point, the 12th doubleheader, that's a difference of 48 innings from if these 24 games were all full nine-inning games. 48 innings is more than five real games of Major League Baseball action. And when we're talking about the NL East, that is razor thin right now. The Phillies and the Braves tied at the top. The Mets a game back. 
you can make the argument from both sides, really, Ariel, that if you're a Braves or a Phillies backer, it's kind of crazy. The Mets haven't played five games. That could be five losses. If you're a Mets fan, you're saying those could have been five wins and we would be in the lead right now of the National League East. So the difference, just based on the amount of double headers the Mets have had to play this year, is certainly showing up and will have an effect on those NLE standings. Yeah, those seven-inning rules, interesting. Curious what the players' thoughts on it are. I'm sure they're happy. They don't probably want to play an 18-inning day as opposed to now being able to just play 14. But the New York Yankees yesterday came away with the win over the Kansas City Royals in afternoon baseball. The Yankees win 5-2. They were minus 136 on the money line, and the total stays under the 9.5. Ben, this is what I was alluding to at the start of the show. My first bet of this series was two days ago, and the Yankees for their team total under of five and a half runs. It turned out to be the first time in the second half of the season that the Yankees scored over five and a half runs on the road. After that, the Yankees did not score over five and a half runs the rest of this series, despite winning the series with the best of two out of three. The Yankees have still only scored over five and a half runs on the road in the second half one time, and it was that weird fluky game in the first game of this series between the Royals and the Yankees where it ends up going to 11 innings, and somehow after being scoreless going into the seventh, the Yankees did end up winning that game eight to six. Ben, it's one of those things where you look at trends, you look at what the Yankees have done hitting the under in 58% of their games booked as a road dog, the Royals hitting the under at 61.5% of their games as a home underdog, or excuse me, as a home dog, and the Yankees as a road favorite, excuse me. Um, So you look at these trends and you think to yourself, well, it didn't hit the first time, but maybe it can hit the next two times, and I just decided not to go back because it was too painful. I mean, the cap was right for that first game where they went to extras and the Yankees had to come back and win and the Royals came back in the 7th, 8th, ninth, and 10th innings. The cap is right, but I understand. You were scorned in a weird, historic way. So you don't look back at that same bet. It all makes sense to me. It's just too heartbreaking. Coming up next, Sports Grid's MLB insider, Craig Mish, joining the show. Stay here on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Here on the morning after on Sports Grid, it's Sirius XM Channel 204. With Ben Stevens, I'm Ariel Epstein. Joining us now, Sports Grid Zone, Craig Mish, MLB Insider, FST host, right here on the grid after our show at noon Eastern time, Monday through Friday. Craig, thanks for coming on with us this morning. Thanks for having me. Hope you guys are well. Thanks, Craig. Well, we were just talking about this in the last segment. We were discussing about how the New York Mets have played so many doubleheaders and continue to have a couple more coming up in the next couple of weeks. For these players, how much do you think that these players consider, hey, we could have been playing for more innings because it's only seven innings now and they're losing time in games? Or do you think that the players are okay with it? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a little bit of, honestly, of an advantage to the seven-inning games because you don't have to tax the pitching staff. And 
Maybe that's not the case, Ariel, in April and May, but when you get to August and September, that's a very key element as to what's going on, just trying to keep pitchers healthy at this point. And the Mets, like many other teams, have had that problem. Of course, they're missing their best pitcher, but the good news for them, I guess if there is any, I mean, they had a nice lead in the East and they've completely squandered it, but if there is any good news for them, it's that probably in two weeks, my guess is you see Jacob deGrom, you see Francisco Lindor, and you may see Noah Syndergaard. And there isn't another team in baseball that's going to get that kind of firepower back for the September run. But then again, it is the Mets here. So let's always keep that in mind as we get down the stretch <laughs> that uh, you know strange things always seem to happen to that team. Craig, you cover the Marlins. I feel like the NL East is the division you are most familiar with. It is certainly the division we ask you about the most when you come on the morning after. You just mentioned the Mets getting that firepower back. They are one game back now of a two-team lead at the top of the NL East between the Phillies and the Braves sharing that top spot at the moment. Here we are now getting to the middle of August. If you had to pick, who do you think emerges out of that division? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I a couple of months ago, the Phillies, to me, are still the most talented team in the division offensively. They still maybe have the best pitcher in the division in Zach Wheeler if Jacob deGrom is not pitching. So I, I still think I would stick with Philadelphia. But, Ben, I can tell you this. Uh, I'll come on the show probably four or five more times before the end of the season, and I don't think we're going to know until the last day of the season. I think this is going to go right down to the very end. Obviously, Washington is out. And the Marlins are, are not gonna not gonna make it, but uh, any of those three teams can get in. And what's really in, incredible, honestly, when you think about it, is that with the the high payroll that the Phillies have and the high payroll that the Mets have, the Braves lost Ronald Acuna Jr. and added all these little pieces and are still fighting there. Like that's just it's it's some story. That's what's going on with the Braves there. So. Um, I'll still pick the Phillies here, but I, but it could go any which way. I think. As someone who loved the Braves in the preseason, it's hard to watch when you have the ace, Mike Soroka, who never returned, Ronald Acuna out for the year, and the Braves still fighting. Just have to think what this Braves team could have looked like if they were fully healthy. When it came to the playoffs, we had a guest on our show from here on the grid, Mark Zinno, who said that he doesn't believe any of these National League East teams can win over one and a half games in the playoffs. If you were set that over under for these National League East teams in the playoffs, what would you say, over or under, one and a half wins? Yeah, that, feel, that feels right. I mean, they're going to play, I guess, if I'm not mistaken, the divisional series will be five games. So they're going to have to go against, my guess is, the central winner. So it would be Milwaukee, would be a guess. And Milwaukee is going to throw out uh, Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff in two games, and then maybe Hauser in another. So it feels like it's probably only one game. But look, if, if, look, I mean, if Jacob deGrom is healthy and he's pitching game one and game five, we certainly could be on that bet looking at one and a half with DeGrom pitching in a decider. I mean, that's possible. I'm kind of thinking this out here on the fly as we go. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, under seems, under seems fair, but I just, I just painted the scenario there for you, and I could paint the scenario for Zach Wheeler in a five-game series too, but look who'd be on the other side of Milwaukee. Uh, Milwaukee has those two pitchers. They also have Peralta. They haven't even got their offense healthy all season long. So under that assumption, I think it sounds reasonable, but could come down to that last game. Craig, we were just highlighting the Milwaukee Brewers, mainly because of Corbin Burns' 15 strikeout performance last night 
in this past segment. And it's a team that I feel like we don't discuss enough because they are just running away with the NL Central, an eight-game lead over the Cincinnati Reds. The Brewers also have the third shortest odds to win the National League pennant right now on FanDuel at plus 460. What do you make of Milwaukee's postseason push and how realistic their chances are at claiming an NL pennant crown? Well, their, their pitching is real. We know that. And it's surprising because usually Milwaukee has been known over the last few years for the hitting and then just kind of piecing the pitching together. But they have three legitimate starters that definitely in a seven-game series against anybody can compete. But I think in order to win past the first round, which would be you know the divisional series, I think they can easily win. But then in order to beat, let's say, the Giants or the Dodgers in the next round, if we're going to assume that those are the, the teams that are going to be involved, I don't think San Diego looks very formidable at this point anymore. But those two teams, Giants and Dodgers, they're going to need to hit a little bit. And they really haven't hit all season long. Um, look, Willie Adamas, who came over in the trade from Tampa Bay, you could make a case that there's a possibility that he wins the NL MVP. I would tell you guys at this point, that's the most wide-open market right now on FanDuel is the mm -hmm. NL MVP. This thing is just, I mean, anybody can win. This is going to be determined in the last month of the season. So that's something to keep an eye on, too. But uh, I don't love Milwaukee's odds to win it all, but it, I could see them easily fighting in the National League Championship Series. Ben, did you know that Craig Mish came on the show in the MLB preseason and gave out Corbin Burns for the National League Cy Young before Corbin Burns was even inside the top five, top six for odds? Unbelievable. No, it was I a job well 40 done. to one. Know that, Ariel. 40 to one. It was a job well done. Yeah, 40 to one. Wow. Now he's sitting there, plus 390, the second best odds to win the National League Cy Young behind Zach Wheeler. I do want to move into another place where there is value potentially. The National League West the books still will not adjust with the Los Angeles Dodgers having the shortest odds and as the heavy favorites, essentially at minus 165, to win this division. The Giants have been in first place of this division for the majority of the year, Craig. What is it that the odds makers are seeing that the Dodgers could potentially be making this push for the next month and a half? Yeah, I, they're going to play head-to-head. -head and and I, don't, I don't think, Ariel, it's necessarily the idea that the Dodgers are going to win the division. I think the idea is that they play the, they play the Giants, I think, nine more times or six more times. So you have to protect yourself if you're the book and understand that the Dodgers could play them and win all of those games. They may not, too, and then these odds may end. But given the fact that you're in a division within a game or two and you have a lot of games remaining, you just have to be prepared for that opportunity. And I kind of think that's what it is. Giants may still win this thing. I think it's possible, but uh, Kershaw is going to come back. And, and I mean, who knows what's going on with Mookie Betts at this point. Bellinger's had a rough year, and it seems like they just keep overcoming all of these things. So I, I think the odds look right to me, honestly. And, and again, the, the time to jump on something like this with L.A. would be them losing a couple of games to the Giants and then going and, get, and getting a little bit better odds at plus 150, 160. But this seems about right. Craig, as critical as I have been of the FanDuel Sportsbook for still hanging a plus money price next to the Giants, I guess if you did hang a plus money price next to the Dodgers, I would be first in line to jump all over that plus money value. You're a Dodgers the fan other too. League. Yeah, I know. Okay. But I still think the Giants deserve the credit in the betting market at the very least. But going to the other league, the American League, and focusing specifically on the AL East, Craig, it seems like the Tampa Bay Rays are starting to run away with that AL East division. Sure, they gave up 20 runs to the Red Sox last night, but still yes. hold a four-game lead and are the minus money odds-on favorite to win that division. Do you see anybody else, Craig, catching the Tampa Bay Rays through the rest of this season? 
It, it doesn't look like that. No, I, it doesn't appear that way. The, the Red Sox finally fell back to earth a little bit, but they won so much in the first few months of the season that they obviously have a great shot to make the postseason. But, uh, you know, clearly the, the one team to watch at this point as far as how far they can go is Oakland. Um, you know, they, they acquired Starling Marte, who has been unbelievable for them, and I know they lost Liriano. But they, they look really good at the moment. So uh, that's a team that historically in baseball, it just like doesn't matter the name on the back of the jersey. They have rolled off win after win after win, not just in the Moneyball era, but even after that, 10, 15 wins in a row too. So that's definitely a team to keep an eye on. Don't know that they're built for the postseason again, and that is always the problem with Oakland. They get into the postseason, and it's like after they have the first pitcher, they, don't, they start like an opener in game two. I think their pitching is a little bit better this time around. But that is clearly a team to keep an eye on at this point. Sports Grids MLB insider Craig Mish joining the show. You catch him on FST at noon Eastern time, Monday through Friday. Craig, today, Field of Dreams, Yankees, White Sox. How does one handicap a game where you've never seen two teams at Major League level play at that stadium before? Yeah, this is this is one that I think you just want to watch and enjoy. Uh, you know, almost impossible to figure how that ballpark is going to play. We know it's outdoors. We know the weather is supposed to be okay. I mean, you're talking about, I mean, a fast turf probably in all likelihood because it's not played on all that much. But beyond that, it would be foolish for me to, to make guesses there. But I am very interested in it. I you know, remember, of course, watching that movie hundreds and hundreds of times. And, and growing up, this was like in my wheelhouse as far as uh, when the movie came out. So I'm definitely intrigued and I will be watching for sure. But as far as handicapping it, I mean, I would be I would be guessing. <laughs> Dyersville, Iowa. Craig, I'm going to say the quote from Field of Dreams so many times today. Is this heaven? No. It's Iowa. Speaking of those two teams playing in the Field of Dreams game today, the White Sox and the Yankees, two of the top four shortest odds to win the American League pennant right now. Craig, if you're looking at those two teams, which one do you feel more likely to make a run throughout the American League postseason? Yeah, I mean, obviously the White Sox, because they're not going to have to play in a wild card game. You're taking a big chance with the Yankees if, if you were to consider them, because they could lose in a, in a one-game scenario. The White Sox at least are going to get to the divisional round. And, uh, and, and look, they'll have to play against uh, Houston, I guess, is probably the team they'll, they'll have to face off with, because I guess the Rays will get the wild card team. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I give the White Sox a better shot, Ben. It's, it's pretty much cut and dry. I mean, it's the least, least path of resistance for them with basically a, a win in a division series gets you to the National League or American League Championship. So probably would take the White Sox in that spot. And they add it to their bullpen. I think even if their starting pitching doesn't look great on paper beyond the first two pitchers, they still get through five innings. They got Kimbrell and Hendricks in the end, and that's pretty big. Craig, only about a minute left. What are you guys going to be talking about today on FST? It's fantasy football season, so the only baseball that I'm really talking is honestly with you guys at this point. It makes me sad, but I understand that this is what moves the needle at this point. More people right now are going to be paying attention and drafting in fantasy football in the next three weeks than any other fantasy sport in the world. So it is go time for us. We're trying to help you win your fantasy football league. So we'll dive into all of the topics, choices, players, times. Uh, look, I, I love talking baseball. It's what I do all the time. But the reality is, is the fantasy football season is here. Week one of the NFL preseason is tonight. It's time to lock in. 
You know, Craig, we're going to have you on not only for baseball, we're going to be talking Miami Dolphins football coming up in a little bit, and maybe some Florida Gators we'll throw at you as well. But Craig Mish, catch him on FSD coming up at noon Eastern time here on SportsGrid.com and all over our SportsGrid streaming services. We'll see you again next week, Craig. All right. Thanks for having me. If you build it, they will come. <laughs> Enjoy the game tonight, Greg. And coming up next, we're going to close out hour number one here of the morning after with Ben Stevens. I'm Ariel Epstein. It's our Fade the Public poll, and we're going to talk NFL. We've got the preseason kicking off tonight, minus Hall of Fame game last week. You're listening here on Sirius XM Channel 204, the Sports Grid Network. With Ben Stevens, I'm Ariel Epstein. We've got you covered until noon Eastern time. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Closing out the first hour here on the morning after on Sports Grid. It's Sirius XM Channel 204 with Ben Stevens. I'm Ariel Epstein. It's time for our poll. Let's get to Fade the Public. Today's poll question is a little sneak peek into what we'll talk about in happy hour, our third hour on the show at the 11 a.m. Eastern time hour. We're going to talk NFL preseason. Two games tonight for Thursday night football, kicking off week one of the preseason. And the question is, which underdog's going to prevail tonight? It's going to be New England at plus two and a half, hosting Washington. Pittsburgh Mm. plus one at Philadelphia. Neither or both. And the public has spoken, and just over or just under 32% say the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to cover as a one point dog in Philly. Ben, are you fading the public? I am fading the public because that fourth and final option you see there, I'm saying both underdogs cover and win tonight. And this is courtesy of our fearless producer, Alex Fasano, who is a Steelers fan to his core. But if you were to take both underdogs, both AFC teams on the money line tonight, on FanDuel, you can parlay that, and it's plus 340. I think both underdogs win tonight for reasons we will discuss later. I think what the Pittsburgh Steelers have at the quarterback position and what the New England Patriots have at the quarterback position and the depth both of those teams will display tonight is better than their opponents. So thus, that is one of my keys for handicapping preseason games. I think both the Pats and the Steelers not only cover but win outright tonight to open up preseason week number one. So I will fade the public, and I'll give you plus 340 as a money line parlay there for some plus money on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Dogs, unders, pretty much the trends in the NFL preseason. Here's what I will tell you. The Baltimore Ravens in the preseason, oh, it's like music to my ears. My brother thinks that we're winning the Super Bowl every year because we come out of the preseason yep. looking like that. John Harbaugh hasn't lost a preseason game since 2015. But don't worry, we don't have to worry about that until the weekend. And we'll give you more trends going into the weekend tomorrow on the show. Yeah, coming up next, we've got hour number two of the morning after. A lot more to get to here on the grid. So stay tuned for the next two hours as we've got you covered until noon Eastern time. Alex Bassano with your Sports Grid News update up next. 